Hello, dear listener, and welcome to Little Realms, a Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. I am your host and Game Master Candace. I'm Sarah, and I play Vim, the tiefling warrior who just made a very bad deal. I'm Dan. I play Cyrus Sassafras, the very well-rested druid. I'm Nikki, and I'm playing Jarell Goldenheel, the scholar who's determined to snatch at least a little bit of party out of the jaws of chaos. And I'm Adam, and I'm playing Arden, the surprisingly scholarly half-elven ranger. As they continue to poke all of the literal pies in Mithran and have mixed success uncovering the city's secrets as well as their own. Last time on Little Realms... After sunset, we met up with Landon for a clandestine meeting, where he agreed to help us with our investigation. After a lengthy discussion with Landon, I peeled away from the group to visit the Coriander's Kiss. There, I spent a few precious moments with Theo, and I got a rare night's sleep. A very good sleep. I will let the group decide with their imagination what really happened. After reading just all of the books that you got from the library, Arden has fallen asleep. In your dream, you're standing in an impossibly large chamber, and it feels very familiar like the first dream you had a few nights ago. On the floor of where you're standing is a very, very large and detailed magic circle that has a four-pointed design in the middle. And by large, I mean it's 40 feet across, oh, okay. and the chamber that you're in, you can't see any of the walls. And when you look up, it looks like there's sky above you, but as you look from left to right over the sky, it goes from night to morning to midday to evening, with midday being right above you. And in front of you, in the very middle of this magic circle, is a equally impossibly large tree that is blooming in four different ways corresponding to each quadrant of the circle at the tree's roots. When you look down at your feet, it looks as though you're standing on some sort of translucent floor because you can look down and see the roots of this impossibly large tree spreading out beneath you. And in each quadrant of this tree, one is barren of leaves, one has orange and yellows and the bright colors of autumn. Another quadrant is a deep green with very large sun-soaked leaves 
and the fourth is a lighter green with the flowering buds of springtime. In this chamber, you hear that same melody that you heard in the forest. Uh, Not as loud, hopefully. Not as loud, no. Okay, um, pretty sure he knows that he's dreaming or that he's been teleported somewhere weird. (laughs) You're like 80% sure this is a dream. Okay, yeah. So he's still going to, uh stomp at the translucent ground a little bit, make sure that this isn't going to become a falling dream. Mm-hmm. No. Arden stomps his foot on the ground, and it sounds kind of like you're stomping on ice, but it's not cold, so okay. no, it couldn't be ice. And I assume not slippery either. No, it's not slippery either. Well, Arden will step forward and investigate this tree, walk around it, look up into the branches, get a general idea of his surroundings. Mm -hmm. So the magic circle is like at the base of this tree and circles around. Are you like trying to avoid the lines of the magic circle? Well, does it look like it's made of something? Uh, roll investigation. Okay. I got... Yeah, I got an 18. At 18. Okay. The circle, just looking at it, it's a little bit shiny and it's very, very black. It completely obscures your vision of the roots. He'll reach down and touch it. Arden reaches down and pokes it gently with his finger. And when you pull it away, a tiny bit of it does come with your finger, kind of like molasses. Okay, in that case, as Arden goes up and investigates the tree, he is going to also attempt to not stand on the circle. Um, It is fairly easy to avoid the lines, the space between them are fairly large. Yeah, I would think so with a 40-foot wide magic circle. Yeah. As you are walking around the tree, the, the floor below you glows a slight color corresponding to where you're standing. When you're standing in the winter section, it's a ice blue as you round to spring. It's a bright glowing green. And when you get to summer, the ground glows yellow and the melody suddenly picks up. It becomes more bouncy and faster and more inviting. Mm-hmm. When he gets to the summer side, he will, like, he'll reach out and touch the tree, you know, just with the confidence that this is where he's supposed to be. Arden reaches out and touches the tree, and as he does, the tree trunk and the branches move in response to your hand and two of the lower branches part to reveal what looks like the hilt of a sword. Okay, he will reach out and grasp it. Arden reaches out, grasps the hilt, and the melody swells even louder, and the branches part further 
allowing Arden to pull the sword out of the tree and it's like the tree branches are handing you the sword and you see the blade looks like it's made of some sort of crystalline structure. It's long and thin and when the sword is free from the tree, the melody dissipates on the wind that blows through this chamber. Arden will look at his weapon, kind of look around. Is is anything else seeming to happen? You hear from beneath your feet. <laughs> um, he'll he'll look down. You look down, and the roots of the tree are writhing, and you hear this voice again. Yes, that is me. Um, Arden has an idea of how to accomplish this, but he's also like, you know, when a tree tells you to free it, might not be the best idea to do so. Does it seem like I'm going to get attacked by a swarm of roots if I do what this says? Um, roll insight. Not good. <laughs> I think that's a seven overall. Okay, there's just too many things jumbled around in Arden's mind right now. Okay, well, it's a dream. The worst that can happen is that the dream ends up killing him in real life. But uh, he will go back to the edge of the magic circle and, and cut it with the sword. Arden puts the the tip of the sword to the ground and takes a slice, a thin slice out of the circle. A crack form and then spider webs out from that point and the floor beneath you gives way. Oh, and now it's a falling dream. And now it's a falling dream. (laughs) 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 And as you're falling these roots shoot out towards you and they grab at your wrists and your legs and I'm gonna make an attack roll to see how it's successful. I mean, this is dream, Arden. I'm yeah. sure they can be as successful or not as they want to be. <laughs> they are grasping at you. What do you want to do? Um, you know, Arden's going to Arden's going to struggle, I think. He's going to... And he's going to say something like, you ask me to free you, and what do I get? <laughs> uh, go ahead and roll an attack roll. Okay, I got a 14. Okay, so as Arden is falling, it is this back and forth struggle with the vines. Cut a root, it regrows, grabs a new part of your body. You yank one part of your body away, and it grabs a new appendage. And the entire time you hear this nondescript voice in the back of your head taunting you. You're falling for what seems like a very long time before you hit the covers of your bed and bolt upright. Arden wakes up and the sheath to your sword is empty 
on the wall, and you are white-knuckling this sword from your dream. You look out the window to your room, and you can see the orangey glow of dawn on the horizon. Arden looks at the sword a minute, blinks like, rubs his eyes, looks at the sheath, looks at the sword again, like, gets up a little bit and sort of regrets letting the tree go. (laughs) (laughs) Only a little bit. Only a (laughs) tiny little bit. Is glad that he didn't die in his sleep, but he's going to sheath his, his new sword and wonder if he should forget that ever happened. <laughs> you know, clearly a dream, clearly important, but also he's somewhat like that was weird, not weird sort of feeling. Mm-hmm. I expected a dream and, you know, that wasn't too far off from what I expected other than the getting attacked by a tree part. (laughs) But at at the same time, you know, it's morning, he's got work to do, time to strap on his belt, pull on his boots, maybe take a bath. So yeah, Arden does all of that. Here's a question though, what did Jarell and Vim spend their nights doing? Bim, on the way back from the Arendelle estate, pulled the, hey, great, hanging out with everybody. Let's, all right, I'll I'll see see you tomorrow. Bye. Wait, Bim, uh. Oh, there she goes. And like shoots off while Jarell's like trying to question her. And she just like (laughs) quietly and quickly slips into her um, home for the night. And, And her mind is just like spinning all night. And she's trying to figure out what do I say? How do I explain this? They're going to ask follow-up questions, which I once again specified is under no circumstances okay, but I have to come up with something. And so she sleeps awful that night and is definitely sleeping in the next morning. Jarrell <laughs> probably, I think, trances first thing so they can get it out of the way and then is just basically plotting <laughs> like occasionally <laughs> checking out the window to make sure that like there's no lights on in the vardo <laughs> and just kind of keep an eye but also just like lying in wait writing down conspiracy theories like when they get frustrated they're kind of like undoing their hair and redoing it uh just to sort of de-stress a little bit um sort of waiting for morning very impatiently are there <laughs> any chalkboards with string <laughs> Unfortunately, Jarrell does not have a chalkboard, but they probably do have a little bit of a kind of are starting to pin up little bits of paper on their wall with kind of circles and lines <laughs> and <laughs> arrows. <laughs> does Jarrell work on the totally not a periodic table of the elements any? Um, no. So they they look at it almost cursorily for a few seconds and then sigh and set it aside and and start messing with this other stuff. They're feeling like that's really what they want to work on. But this other thing has suddenly become much more pressing. They're very Mm -hmm. worried about whatever it is Vim is up to 
And they're like even more convinced now that Vim is maybe being asked to work for the faceless somehow. Okay. I love the idea that Jarrell's room's window overlooks where Vim's <laughs> little house is. And that they're just like peeking out the window just waiting this whole time. Like every like they, they write something on a piece of paper, tack it up, look out the window, okay, not yet, write again. <laughs> Oh, I do too. Uh, you occasionally would see the Vardo like shake back and forth a little bit, and maybe you think she's up, but really she's just like spun over or like turned in her sleep. She's just huge. <laughs> Whenever that happens, have you ever watched like a cat watching a bird feeder? You know? <laughs> Whenever the Vardo moves, they're like there, like intent, huh? and just like, wait, is she getting up? Is she going somewhere? Like super nosy. <laughs> So when does Cyrus make his way? Uh, Cyrus is, just like last time, uh, he is woken up by his loving prostitute, Theo. Theo wakes him up and says, hey, you should probably get up and go unless you want to be charged extra. So Cyrus gets up. He instead of, does the opposite of a walk of shame. He does the, the walk of proud because he's got an image to uphold he doesn't want people thinking he's a sad old man he wants people thinking he's a he's a hip he's a hip adventurer so he makes eye contact with everyone he does the spider-man 3 dance he just looks at people points fingers at them and like oh hello good to see you ah have a good night me too this like completely putting on this false bravado as he makes his way back to journey's end and do I see anyone when I come back to Journey's End? Have you guys stirred up awake yet? I mean, if Arden got up at dawn, he probably made his way out to the common room fairly soon after getting dressed and getting ready for the day, so... As soon as Jarrell hears Arden moving out in the hallway, they are out like a shot. Like, have you spoken to Vim? I literally woke up about half an hour ago. Oh, well... I think we should speak to them. Yes, I tend to agree. That seems like a good idea. At least as opposed to the alternative, which would be not speaking to her. Jarl's halfway out the door already. Does now work, or...? Well, maybe it looks like the sun barely came up. Is it really necessary to ambush her while she's sleeping? Given that she escaped us last night when we tried to talk about it, I think an ambush might be in order. <laughs> so, yes, that's exactly what I would like to do. I'll, I'll let you take point in that. Wonderful. Jarrell is out the door. Arden kind of looks and he's like, You know, the other day I saw Vim tackle a woman to the ground and beat her half to death. Um... Is it really a good idea to, like, barge in on somebody while they're sleeping? Look, I can stab people in the brain with my brain if I want to, so... Oh, yes, he doesn't say that out loud. He's actually more interested in seeing what happens if Jarrell actually attempts it. If Cyrus was there, he would have been like, aw, damn. <laughs> so what I think what happens is Jarrell and Arden go out to the Vardo and as Cyrus is walking up he sees Jarrell and Arden approaching the Vardo. Jarrell is an elf on a mission. 
Cyrus, did my, you have a good night? My, what a wonderful day. Yes, I did. How about you? Uh, well, it was very thought-provoking. Uh, we were just going to stop and uh, have a little word with Vim about what the plan is for tonight. Would you like to join us? An ambush. I'm in. You enjoy that. I'll be standing over here as backup. I'm, like, already checking my spell list. Just in case. Cyrus, like, shoves his face inside of a window. Cheek first. It's like, all right, on your lead, Jarell. Jarell, I think just... It, there's sort of a step, right? If I'm remembering what kind of the Fardo looks like. There's, like, a little step that you have to get up onto to, to knock on the door. Yeah, you'd, like, climb up, uh, like, a cute little three or so steps, and then you'd be on a little porch in front of the main door, and then there's, like, a, a little elephant-shaped knocker where you grab the the nose of the elephant, oh and then you, like, God. that. I love <laughs> that. I love that. That's how that. you ring the door. That makes me incredibly happy. Uh, yeah, I think Jarrell is maybe trust them that they're just gonna hop up there and, and rap on the door. Uh, oh god, um, and then you hear like a like a like a couple knocking sound of just like a very big, very tired and groggy person kind of like getting up. Like, oh, and, oh god, um, one moment, oh okay, um, and then she like goes up to one of the windows and like she she does the thing where she's just like gonna throw it open and she's like oh god stop. <laughs> my face is smushed on the window <laughs> 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 like she parts back the like beautiful heavy velvet curtains uh and sees his face and like <laughs> oh okay um i see you Okay. Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> and she like starts to, and you, you can see she's like in like a different pair of silk pajamas you've never seen. And at this moment, you realize maybe she has like pajamas when she's in her home, and then a separate ones that she wears in public when she's in Journey's End. Oh my God. Uh, and then she throws open another window. Does Vim change into different pajamas when she gets up? I spent all of the gold Candace gave us at character creation on bullshit and outfits. It's not that she owns multiple sets of pajamas. It's that she has her sleeping pajamas and then she wakes up and changes pajamas <laughs> to go about her day. Into her lounging pajamas. I love this. Maybe we should just have an, an intervention episode. No, this is, this is, requires no intervention. I'm encouraging this. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> So finally, she like stumbles forward and kind of, uh, like kind of cracks open the door a little bit. Good morning, Vim. Um, good, good morning. Uh, yes. Um, how are you? I'm lovely. How are you? Well, I just saw Cyrus's face <laughs> in the window. <laughs> so I guess pretty good. As good a wake-up call as any, I suppose. Am I still dreaming? Oh, no. Okay. Um, well, I guess I'll see you all in Journey's End. No, Goodbye. I... Drell <laughs> has their unseen servant stuck a foot in the door. <laughs> yeah, I imagine Vim's, like, very gently starting to, like, close the door as Drell, like, is popping their face in. 
And even though Vim's like very strong and could probably muscle it, she's just like very, just very gently trying to be like, I'll see you later, all right? Uh, you know, for coffee and breakfast. Vim. The door stops and you're not quite sure what it's stopped on, but it's the Unseen Serpent's entire body. Mm-hmm. You see Vim like flexing a little bit into it, like, wait, hold on. Is Darrell like super buff? I understand that you have some plans for us this evening, and we were just wondering if you could give us some details on our itinerary. Finley kind of rubs at her eyes, and she, like, eye crusties out, and just... Oh, um... Yeah, no, that's... that's nothing. We're just gonna, you know, do, like, a quick pop-in. Y'all don't even need to be involved if you don't need to be, um... Can we talk about this later? Uh, I was still asleep. Um, do you want coffee? Here, let me make coffee. And she kind of like disappears into the cabin, but you can still hear her, her um, hear her kind of talking. And you hear like pots and pans sort of rattling about, and you hear like a pitcher pour, and then like kind of steam rising as she starts working on something. Arden's going to make sure that she doesn't disappear out the bottom of the bardo. <laughs> it's just all escape hatches. Yup, all. Arden checks the back door. About a minute later, you see uh, uh, Bim opens up the window that Cyrus was on and, like, holds out, like, a coffee mug, and it's one of the purple ones she stole like a drive-thru <laughs> yeah yeah she like is like all right um here's some coffee for you Jarrell Arden do you want coffee oh no I'm good thank you not yet I've had my full of bean juice I pour it down oh all right well we see her again like holding another one of these purple cups and then she walks out onto the porch and then like very quietly closes the door uh behind herself so she's outside with y'all Cyrus jumps down from the window and joins Vim and Jarrell at the front of the the balcony, the patio. It's like a little porch. There'd be enough room for like two people or Vim and half of a person to like stand comfortably. <laughs> but right now it's Vim and Jarrell and Cyrus. Yeah. And I wave Arden. I said, Arden, I don't think she's going to escape. You can come to the front. Uh, wait, where's Arden? Mm, yes, I'm here too. Alright, so, um, you guys, it's, uh, it's nothing to worry about. You see, it's just, it's just, it's nothing. It's just, you know, this idea, and I thought I'd capitalize on a moment, and... So, if it's nothing, I anticipate I will hear nothing about this for the rest of the day, and we'll be enjoying a dance all evening without interruption. Is that something I can safely assume? Bim takes a very long and very uncomfortable sip on her cup of coffee. I think we're all adults here, and obviously you can spend your time and your resources however you want. We fully respect your privacy in that regard. But if you're planning on involving us, I think it's only fair that you give us a bit more detail as to what you have in mind. Yes, I am very concerned, Vim. Your curtains are very drab. It's very gauche. I think you need a better interior designer. I'm, I'm worried about you. Aren't the curtains, like, bright purple or whatever? <laughs> oh, they're, like, all the colors sewn together, different strips, embroidered. Whole shebang. 
Martin looks over at Cyrus and says, Are you a bit hungover there? Or colorblind, perhaps? No, I I mean, Cyrus Sassafras looks like a Jersey Shore wife who just had Botox. Like, he looks completely rejuvenated, like he had the best sleep of his life. No, I'm feeling great, Arden. I have no booze in my system. I am right as rain. Yeah, Cyrus, why don't why don't we go shopping today at the festival? Maybe your fashion sense can help me find better curtains. And clearly at this, Vim is just trying to seize on any other line of conversation at all. Hook, line, and sinker. Cyrus looks at his salmon frock and is like, well, I do have a good fashion sense, Vim, so I think that might be a good course of action today. Actually, that would be a great deal. Oh, no, Vim! <sighs> She takes another long drag on her coffee and kind of looks at the ground um, for a moment and thinks before kind of looking slowly at each one of y'all. I I really don't want to get y'all involved in this, but... I just got attacked by a tree in my dreams. I don't think whatever you're getting us involved in can be much weirder than that. And we keep getting involved regardless. That too. If you're going to want help, ask for it now. Because if you say again that there's nothing going on and ask again later... Alright, well... When Landon offered up that he'd do something to help us, I... I saw an opportunity and wanted to seize on it. I... Well... I can't say how I got the information, and I can't say who I got it from, but y'all aren't idiots, and the timing is pretty suspicious, but I think I have an angle on Nirne and Rowan could get us some physical hard proof that we're looking for, and it's, um, well, (laughs) of course it's in their homes. Drell has, like, pressed their hands together and is, like, pressing their pressed hands to their mouth and just staring at them, like, absorbing this. <laughs> Sounds like good neighborhood watch business, Arden says as he, like, immediately turns and starts heading back into the inn to get some breakfast. Vim kind of watches as Arden starts to walk away and then calls out, Well, it's a good thing we have four members, right? Cyrus just turns to Arden. He looks back and he says, I assumed at some point I would have to do something similar to breaking and entering for this job, but I would have maybe liked to know about it before having a deadline for actually doing it. You do have some plan, right? Other than distract the people who live there? At that, Vim gives her devilish shitting smile, a shrug, finishes the rest of her coffee, and said, I have about as much of a plan as I always do. Well then, we don't have very much time to come up with something better. Let's get breakfast. Cyrus smiles and follows after Arden. <laughs> oh my goodness. Love it. So, That's so good. So inside, Yelchin is actually there. He is standing at the bar, um, a little bit slouched, and wearing sunglasses, and has a mug of his own. Poor Yelchin. 
Why is this fool drunk? His boss got arrested yesterday. Arnon goes up to the bar and says, Well, I can't blame you for wanting to have a bit to drink. It's Do the sunglasses really help very much? It's, it's, it's not the drink this morning. It's the drink last night. Oh, yes. I gathered. Um, would you be willing to make us some breakfast? I'd be happy to help out if you don't have your usual amount of help on hand. Though I can't claim to be as good in a kitchen as you are, I've had plenty of practice cooking for myself. Pull yourself together and make us some of those Mithrin-shaped waffles. What I think Cyrus means is that perhaps something to eat will cheer you up a bit. As, as long as that if you speak too loudly, I'll bring you something. And he, like, parts the curtain and shuffles back into the kitchen. And you can hear the clatter of pots and pans. Is there anyone else in the inn right now? There is not. Yeah, will shrug since he was not asked to help and go over and grab a table. What's the game plan? We're going to do a, a B&E, break and entering? Yes, uh, though ideally they won't know afterwards once we're inevitably seen by a passerby who it was that did the breaking and entering. Bim, I'm sure you must have thought of this, but I don't see how you can trust any information we get from him. I don't like this as much as I'm sure any of y'all do, but I feel confident that this tip I received from a source I cannot speak about. And then Vim just looks around and gives a wink, like, yeah, I can't say it, but mm-hmm. And says, but I think it'll pan out. I, I admittedly don't have a plan of attack on how to get in, but... I don't know, I think it can pay off for us. We we just maybe have to bank on most of the folks in town being distracted by the festival. Oh, it doesn't matter how much they're distracted by the festival. If, if they see four people wandering around the... Wait, which house is it? At this point, Vim lays out the information she can for the group. So she's still saying, I can't tell you who gave this to me, but she also knows everyone's not an idiot. And she feels like she's kind of upholding her contract with Indigo while at the same time giving him the fink, uh, which is kind of the line she's going to try to walk for a while now. Good. And she describes to the group... <laughs> So she describes to the group the situation where there's Myrne and Rowan and they both live kind of in a complex together and there is a safe that she knows the combination to that is probably where these tax documents are located and ledgers are, are left that should have some pretty damning evidence. So they just need to get in, get out, extract those, and then at the same time locate the matching hairpin that Rowan probably has kept after, um, you know, as a trophy after killing Liara. And Vim lays that all on the table so that everyone gets to be on the same page. What a sick bastard keeping a trophy for killing a poor girl. Drell is, is shaking their head, like just listening to this and getting more and more like, nope, nope, nope. Okay, so you're 
Mysterious Contact has had this information, and I think we can... Maybe let's imagine that this person has a vendetta against these people, understandably so. They've been looking for ways to get rid of them. They knew, had this information and they never acted upon it. Why have us do it? Why hasn't it been brought to light already? This feels like a setup. It doesn't feel good, that's for sure. I it think. feels a lot better than offing somebody for no apparent reason. Anyway, the problem is not whether it's a setup or not. The problem is that once we have it, we have no real way of giving it to anyone. Well, my thought was we'll give it to Landon. He'll be able to act on it. We can also give it to the Arendals and... Depending upon what we find, we can also circulate it with the public, maybe using the neighborhood watch. I think it seems like the people in this situation who are more in the right don't feel like they have the power to do what's right, or at least don't have the backing to topple the people who really, really shouldn't have any power to their names, but if we can turn those tides, maybe maybe things will get a little bit better here. Have you done this before? Bim just winks, like, real hard. Like, so hard it hurts her eyes. <laughs> At some point during this conversation, uh, Yelchin does come back with plates of oh, scrambled eggs and Mithrin-shaped waffles. Uh, they're not the best waffles that you've ever seen Yelchin make, and he just kind of like scoots them onto the table and then plops like the butter and the maple syrup next to them and like leaves the entire pot of brewed coffee with mugs and then retreats back to wherever he came from. Well, I guess it's mediocre Monday. Look at this slop. Hey, hey. Oh, don't complain. The men's employer just got arrested yesterday. And for no reason, too. As it turns out. Do you think they'll put him on bail? Cyrus begrudgingly stabs into his mediocre waffles. <laughs> if you don't want them, you can give them to Vim. <laughs> well, I don't know if Landon will really be all that much use, but I do know how we can propagate the information amongst the public. There is... A certain gentleman at the library who runs a newspaper. Oh, yes, Simon. Yes, that was his name. Anyway, if we can get a copy of those documents to him, it might both hide how the documents were released in the first place and also make sure that enough people know about them to make it difficult for Mirne to continue his bad behavior even if he tries to shove it aside as rumors. I like the way you think, Arden. Mob justice. That'll do the trick. Drill was kind of nodding along until you said that, and then they're like, wait. More like heightened scrutiny. Mob scrutiny, mob justice. Potato, potato. And I finished scarfing down my piece of mithrin. Less mob justice and more, you know, the weight of public opinion in many of the caravans. I know the leading families are kind of 
elected by the others based off of, not popularity, but I mean, that's a part of it, but also competence and transparency. I, I think maybe something to that effect can happen here. Tabloid justice? <laughs> as far as the hairpin goes, that's not something we can break in and steal. After all, breaking in and stealing it effectively eliminates its usefulness as evidence. Right. My thought was that we go in, have a look-see, and locate it, know where it is, and kind of keep that information in our back pocket such that we can, I don't know, use it somehow in the future. I, I haven't really thought that much ahead. In that case, when we break in, we need to make sure that no one knows that we were the ones that broke in, but knows that the place was broken into once we're done. Otherwise, uh, the person we're after, Rowan, will almost certainly move or dispose of it. I will be able to help with that. I have prepared a variety of spells to help me win some of these carnival games, which I think will come in quite useful for breaking and entering without being noticed. Sorry, can you say that again? I have passed without a trace. Oh, okay. Sorry. I, I thought for a minute, I thought you meant Cyrus was like, I'm going to win all these prizes at the arcade games and we'll use those prizes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and I'm going, I, mean, I don't really follow your logic. Like you're going to have to run this one by I, me again. I prepared, pri I prepared spells for the carnival. <laughs> one of them will come in quite handy for... Okay. Breaking and entering. <laughs> Sorry, I just like had a total brain fart. I was going, what the fuck are you talking about? We broke in with a giant <laughs> stuffed rabbit. It was awesome. Yes, we um. first we first need to rig the carnival, win all the takers, <laughs> and then the plan will come to fruition. Well, then I will leave that to you as far as I'm able to, as breaking into places without being noticed is not my forte. I prefer the Vim methodology to lock removal. Oh, where's your sense of ranger danger? I thought you were a sneaky bastard. I am not a sneaky bastard. You can go invisible, though, it seems. Can you do that again? Yes, I can. Not too often, but becoming invisible merely prevents one from being seen. It does not open locks, nor does it remove traces of one having been somewhere. But it might come in handy. I, I think we have enough things between us to figure this out and make it work. And hey, if we're lucky, we can still go to that dance. Oh, we are going to the dance. If we're going to pull off some crazy heist, we had better spend at least part of the night partying. Yes, I have plenty of festivities I want to do, so should we get our business done bright and early? When when will this distraction take place? Maybe. Well, she asked for it to take place in the evening, I believe. All day to think about it. Yay! Yeah, maybe I'll have a quick chat with Landon at the festival if I see him, but I did ask for him to make sure that Rowan and Myrne are occupied for quite some time. I think Landon is rather capable. Yes, but they're not the only factors necessarily. Vim, we cannot get caught. If I go to jail oh, oh. after everything I've done to get here, 
I am not going to be very happy. Oh, we will not be going to jail. No, thank you. Arden's going to pat Jarell on the back and say, Oh, with your recent activities, I think going to jail for one thing or another is inevitable, regardless of whether you get caught breaking into the city guard captain's house. I haven't done anything illegal. Name one illegal thing I've done. Oh, I don't know. Sneaking around back alleys at night, pretending to be a non-existent neighborhood watch, and I'm going to guess that there's something on the books about mind reading as well. Drell's raising their fingers. First of all, there is no curfew in this city. Second of all, we did start a neighborhood watch. We have a form and everything. And third, it's not. I've checked because it's like by field. I, I know these things. <laughs> so no, I'm not getting arrested. None of us are getting arrested. And then, of course, there's the mm, robbing books from the precinct. They gave those to us. <laughs> they did actually give them the books, although I don't know if Arden knows that. Yeah, I don't think Arden knows that. Either way, it, as as Jarell protests, Arden is just kind of giving them a really kind of look like he may not know anything specific, but like he's giving the kind of look like, I'm sure if you think about it real hard, you can think of something at least a few things that you've done that are illegal that could get you thrown in jail. I have done nothing in Mithrin that I can think of that's illegal and would get me thrown in jail. Speaking of crimes, Arden, what are you doing with your hair for this festival? I was going to braid it like I always do once it's not so wet anymore. He kind of licks it to get some more water out of it from the bath he took this morning. Jarrell kind of looks at Arden as though he said he's going to borrow Cyrus's smock to wear to the festival. Braids after the Yuletide, that is a crime. You know, uh, if you want, I do have lots of, you know, clips and brushes, and I could do something a little bit more elaborate. Still practical. I know you like to keep your hair, they sort of look at it, uh, serviceable. But, um, perhaps something a little more fancy? I will tend to my own hair, thank you. Drell looks crushed. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll look and say, oh, let's face it. If anyone here needs help, it's Cyrus. Cyrus just scoffs, almost choking on his piece of mithrin. <coughs> Excuse me, I do just fine, thank you very much. Charles actually looking at Cyrus's uh, beard kind of scrutinizingly. Well, I mean, I wouldn't want to... I don't really mind, but I don't know about... Um... I don't really want to disturb your... Plus, look at him. He has hair on two parts of it. Well, I guess still only one that you can actually play with. I don't know if that's true, strictly speaking. And then Vim blushes. Well. Gross, Vim. Gross. <laughs> she just, like, buries her face in some eggs and is like, oh, wait, I can't. Are people suggesting I do some manscaping? I don't know what's happening right now. At this moment, <laughs> Mina walks down the stairs. Hello, Mina. Don't you think Arden would look lovely with a slightly more elaborate braid that was still very practical, but maybe had a little bit of ribbon or, you know, maybe some smaller braids? Uh, uh, I, I mean, I, I think that most people could do with more in their hair. Do you now? <laughs> Jarell now has their sights set on Mina. <laughs> Mina clearly just registers what she has implied by what she has said 
and uh, finishes her way down the stairs. Jarell, do, do you want to do my hair? I would be delighted. That is good. That means I don't have to. Jarell is already running to the stairs to grab their combs and stuff. She looks over at Yelchin, who gives her a thumbs up, and then she turns to the four of you and says, Ed, but what I mean by that is that he doesn't have to do my hair. Yelchin, I can do yours too if you want. How loudly does Jarell say that? Not, I mean, just normal speaking voice. Okay, uh, Yelchin only slightly flinches at <laughs> the words directed at him and says, I think I am all right. Oh, well, all right. I guess it's just you and me, Mina. Well, this has been exhilarating. I'm glad we've been able to play Makeover. All right, group, sounds like we will all meet at made-up time. Maybe an hour into the masquerade? An hour into the masquerade sounds perfect. Cyrus slaps his thigh and finishes off his waffles. Well, I need to go prepare for some other festivities. Um, <clears throat> I hear there are some tournaments, and I turn over to Yelchin. Yelchin says the soldiers organized their um, wrestling, I think, tournament. <laughs> Cyrus pulls out his alchemy jug and says... Uh, normally, I sneak drinks behind your back, Yelchin, but on this occasion, I'm feeling a bit generous. Would you like something to drink? A little bit of hair of the dog to get yourself back together? I, uh, uh... I start pouring. I guess. <laughs> and presumably, you just put it into Yelchin's hand. <laughs> not a savage. I'm not going to pour liquor into his hand. There's got to be an empty glass somewhere for me to... No, he mixes it with Yelchin's coffee. Just pours Duh. it right in there. I pour it into <laughs> some sort of container. I'm not going to just wet this man's hands. And I just start pouring booze out. There you go, Yelchin. A little bit of medicine there. I, uh, uh, he takes the bug and then smells it. Says, I, I don't need more booze and he hands it off to Mina who takes the mug and downs it. Nice. <laughs> well thank you Cyrus. <laughs> I believe I have a head appointment now and looks over at Jarell. Elgin, these tournaments are happening in the morning. I am afraid my evenings I already have booked for other activities. Yes, uh, yeah, they should be taking part during, uh, the morning and be done by the, uh, evening party. My plans are set. I don't know about you all. I just turn and look at the group. Arden will get up and say, well, if we're done here, I have a few things I wanted to look at in this festival as well. I go, I point my head directly at Vim. Vim, you've been procrastinating on teaching me the ways of the warrior. I've got about 30 minutes here. Can you, <laughs> show, can you show me a fighting stance or something that I can use in this wrestling tournament? Yeah, sure. I, uh, we can go throw a couple punches. Maybe Jarrell should braid your beard and then we can go out in the courtyard. Is braiding my beard really necessary? I mean, look at me. I'm... I'm outstanding. Jarrell's kind of looking at your beard. Well, if you want, um, it seems like there's some maybe edge bits that are free of this sort of, they wave kind of 
uncertainly at the mushrooms in the in your beard. Like, I don't really want to disturb your um your uh, uh arrangement here. Um, but if you really wanted, I could. Um... I thought you were gonna go arrange Arden's beard. Why did I, or Arden's hair? No, he's no fun. Fine. <laughs> Arden's Arden beard. looks over as he's braiding his own, sitting there braiding his own hair, and kind of glances at <laughs> at Jarell, and then goes back to braiding his hair right in front of Jarell. Jarell's kind of yeah, like maybe written <laughs> written Arden off as hopeless. Like okay, like I can't believe you would turn me down on this. Like okay, go around with your serviceable braid looking pragmatic at a party. That was, wow. That was a pro move, Arden. Oddly enough, even though he is very pragmatic, he's probably pretty good at braiding his hair. That's really less the issue. They're like super pissed because Arden's hair is long and beautiful and he doesn't do anything fancy with it. Such a waste. Such a waste. <laughs> oh, right. Arden also has some shopping to do. All right. Well, <clears throat> Jarell, hurry up. I, I do not want to dilly-dally. I'm eager to learn how to wrestle. Jarell rapidly puts two very small side braids into your beard. Ah, quit pulling! Oh, sorry. <laughs> be, be nice. This this braid is all a part of your warrior's persona that you're putting together for the fight. My eyebrows, like, just stand up. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, like, smiling at Cyrus, smiling at Jarell. Oh, yes. A necessary part, I should think. Especially if you're going to be in a tournament. You have to look your best, right? Cyrus just stands stoic. Or sits stoic. Very well. (laughs) It probably doesn't take very long. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Who wants to go first? Uh, Cyrus and Vim? Or Jarrell and Mina? Or Arden and Shopping? Yeah, Arden needs a uh, Arden needs a suitable outfit for this masquerade, so he wants to go yield tux shopping. Excellent. And mask shopping. Dude. The more I, the more Arden looks like a a long silvery white haired tuxedo mask by the end of the day, the better. Nice. Excellent. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna say that Arden's quest starts in the morning and what is the first piece of the ensemble Arden is going to look for? Well, he does already have fine clothes so the mask part would be the first part of the ensemble. He'll get more fine clothes too but he needs the mask. He doesn't have one of those. Okay. How do you want to go about finding the mask? Because there are a lot of mask vendors at the... And actually, kind of as all of you exit Journey's End, you realize that the city of Mithran is coming to life as the morning is going on. Uh, the vendors are opening up their booths. The normal, the regular everyday shopkeepers are opening up like the front porches of their establishments putting out wares in front of their buildings that normally wouldn't be there um the sun is up it's bright but it's not uh sweltering yet there's still a cool breeze in the air that will probably last the entire day yeah so arden i mean he's also going to browse if he sees anything like games of chance especially darts 
or knife throwing that he can do for small prizes and other things, he'll take a small bit of his time to do that kind of thing as well. He's also considering going to the wrestling tournament later, but he's not going to let on to anyone about that. Ultimately, he wants to find two booths, one that has masks that are like only eye and nose covering, where he can get something that looks not too terribly gaudy, but then he wants also like a full face mask, you know, one of those with like a long nose, possibly something that can be worn with a hood as well to completely obscure his face. So he actually wants to get two different masks, one of which is about as gaudy as possible. Excellent. And after asking around a little bit, you find out that knife throwing, axe throwing, tournament activities are all kind of in the same area centered around the barracks and administrative area where there's a lot more open space without a whole lot of people to get hit by errant knives and axes and such in the ill. And then after asking around, you find that the dancing mannequin has set up essentially kind of a full service outfit costume center that takes up like one corner of Market Square. All right. That sounds like a sort of all-stop shop, uh, but Arden definitely does want to get the masks from two separate places, at least. Okay. There are also a number of smaller stalls selling uh, kind of simple masks. Well, whichever one of those Arden gets, it can have some bells and whistles and like, he's not too terribly picky as long as it looks fancy, but not over the top. Okay. You actually are able to find the closest to what you're looking for at the flower booth run by Nikita of all places. And she explains to you as you're looking at the masks that uh, these are Claire's designs that uh, we were going to sell in a more... Um, interesting manner, but as it stands, I have put them up for sale with flowers. Uh, in addition to the corsages and boutonnieres, they have matching masks that go with them. Of course, you can purchase the mask uh, by itself without the accompanying items. Uh, no, the corsage sounds excellent, actually. How much will it be for both? It will be two gold for both. Arden will get two gold out of his thing and, and hand it over and ask, you know, and how is Claire doing right now? Still imprisoned, I assume? She <laughs> um, kind of like gives you a sharp look for half a second and then seems to shrug a little bit. Uh, and I hope the recipient of that Oh, geez, what was the word? Croissant. Did you say croissant? Corsage. <laughs> no croissage. I can't. Bringing someone a very special croissant. <laughs> I hope it serves Chris. you well. Hope your croissant serves you well. Yes, I hope that everybody by the end of the night will be able to recognize me by it. That sounds ambitious, and I like it. 
I will not tip my hat to her because I don't have a hat and say, and now I need to go and acquire an outfit that this will go equally well with. Excellent. And she'll be the one that actually directs you towards the uh, the tiefling uh, all-in-one boot. As I leave, I'll say, and remember, I don't work for the city guard. I work for everyone or myself. She uh, does the motion that, like, looks like a salute, the the, the, fa- the faux salute motion, and smiles at you. I'll, I'll smile back as I head off. Cool. And I think we'll jump over to Vim and Cyrus. All right, now that my beard is braided, give me a fighting stance, something that I can go into this wrestling tournament with. I mean, Bullvine and I wrestled quite a bit, but it wasn't uh, wasn't for uh, the same reasons. Oh, uh, um, uh, all right. And Jim just turns like a brighter shade of crimson at the thought, and then she, you see her feet kind of shift. Um, I think they've relocated out into the courtyard. So we're kind of around near the horses and the, like, Vim's house and some open area. All right, so you just, you have to take up space. You have to, you know, feel the confidence racing through your body. You just kind of feel it extend through your fingertips and your feet and and you let it carry you. I also imagine that Mina and uh, Jarrell are on the like front porch of the inn. Oh yeah, we're watching this go down. And Jarrell is uh, doing Mina's hair. We're gossiping and watching. Yeah. Feel it extend through my fingertips. Feel it shower warmth over my face. I've got it, and I <laughs> I do a very sultry pose, and I'm just caressing my skin. Like, is this it? Is this the pose you need? I don't think that's it. I think I don't know. I think he might be onto something. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to be trying to do to the guards in this tournament, honestly. Well, you know, for a certain strategy, it could work. <laughs> Does the pose make you feel powerful? She asks, kind of questioningly, as she watches him caress himself. <laughs> Well, I feel warm. I don't know about powerful. Let me try a different pose. How about a little reverse roleplay? I'll pretend I'm Bullvine. And then Cyrus just kind of like stands on his tippy toes and he's just like acting like a big strong bear. He's making growling noises. Is this more the right pose? Behind Vim's back, Jarrell is giving you a double thumbs up. Cyrus is feeling more confident. And I, uh, without waiting for Vim's response, I charge Vim. Mina is, like, eyes wide at all of this. And elsewhere in Market Square, amongst the bustle and the press of people, Arden feels the distinct sense that he might suffer secondhand embarrassment were he actually there. Arden has no doubt in his mind that this is the case. <laughs> well, if it if it makes you feel good, then it's all ah! Roll, uh, I guess, opposing attack rolls. There we go. Lucky number 
D20. Nope, doesn't count. Came out of the box. It fell all over me. 19? God damn it, then. I got a... Got a seven plus something. <laughs> oh <laughs> no! Seven uh, action. Fuck! Come on. Is it like he hits a wall? Like she she sort of startles, but he just runs straight in her and falls over. <laughs> oh, I got a plus two on my attack. So I rolled a niner. Big old niner. <laughs> so, <laughs> whatever happens, Mina has like her hands together and then like up to her face as this is going on. Ooh. <laughs> that Vim. did not look good. So Cyrus charges, Vim like start registers it a little bit too soon and her response is just to kind of like duck down dig her feet in and bear into it and she sort of takes Cyrus and like pushes back a little bit as as he slams into her and then I think like rolls to the side almost deflecting him off and then she jumps back a bit that was alright that was pretty good but come on be the bear charge and scream do it again Cyrus just like slaps his arms alright I'm summoning my inner bullvine here He's giving you a big old constipated face. Not, not just your inner bovine, but your inner Cyrus. Your, your grisly, gritty, strong Cyrus. Your fighting spirit. Try mixing in the first pose again. <laughs> Go ahead and roll off again. Come on, get me. I got a 17 this time. I got a 9 this time. Hell yeah, boy! So Cyrus will get ya. I think Cyrus, like, this time, instead of running on his tippy toes, leaving every, like, literal vital point exposed, like, he crouches down, has a better point of gravity, and kind of does, like, a, a football tackling pose, and runs right into Vim's torso. Ugh! She gets got. The wind is knocked out of Vim, surprising her just a little bit. And, uh, make a posed grapple check? Oh, hot damn! Got a 17. Ooh, Vim gets a 5. Oh, man. Cyrus, you're, you're making me think, oh god, I, you're making me think I need to put on my armor. I'm a wiry old bastard. He's got your, like, arm in a, a hole, and he's got his leg wrapped around one of your legs. Like, he has got you pinned down with his skinny, wiry body. I'll be honest, Jorel, I didn't know that Cyrus had it in him. Yes, I think maybe it's just a nerves thing when we, when we get into scrapes. I think you might be right. I mean, he talked to me about doing a uh, cord proud, and I think this would be doing cord proud. Looks like Vim, I need to stop pretending to be Bullvine and start focusing on my inner Cyrus, the the wiry, skinny bastard that I am. Uh, oh, oh, yes, oh god, oh, um, yes, if uh, that's that's what feels good. And she's gonna try to like whip her arm up and like pin him around and kind of flip them over so that she's on top. I think once Cyrus closed, she just didn't know what to do because this so rarely happens to her. 
I'm also imagining mushrooms flying everywhere. If you want to do a happening. strength check, go for it. You'll kick my ass. Yeah, do opposed athletics checks again. The athletics, I'm actually pretty decent. Though. Uh, nope, I rolled a one. <laughs> this time, Bim gets a 21. <laughs> oh, no. Go for it. So Bim flips them around and as soon as she kind of gets unpinned she kind of like breaks them apart and then does the thing where she just kind of like flops back on the ground and we see her like rub at the shoulder that Cyrus was wrenching backwards when he had her pinned Ugh. yes I think I think that that wiry old man energy is working for you though not not well enough to keep you pinned down. I wish I weighed more than 80 pounds. You struck me off pretty easily. Is there anything else you can teach me? I feel like this was a good a good first lesson, but uh, I am going to be going into a wrestling match. Any last pointers? Well, considering we have about five minutes to get them, and it's a four-minute walk <laughs> over... <laughs> I would say just keep, you know, feeling your energy. Try to be yourself, Cyrus. That that seems to work out a lot better for you. Be myself. Well, I am a skilled, skilled, uh, herbologist. What the fuck am I? A herbologist? That's not a word. Skilled. Herbalist? I am a skilled. Apothecary? I am a skilled apothecary. That's great advice, Vim. Thank you very much. I feel much better. And so I probably Arden gets back to the inn about the time Cyrus is prancing off to the... <laughs> Tell me if I'm wrong. To the barracks area to find out more about this tournament. No, you're right. You're spot on. <laughs> I wouldn't say prancing. I would say galloping. <laughs> Cantering. Are we just gonna like say every single horse thing? Like strutting my stuff. <laughs> Saunter. You strut. Frolicking. He's frolicking on. Yes, I like frolicking. Skipping gaily. All right, I am frolicking there. Okay, you are frolicking to the uh, presumably tournament registration. All sweaty. All sweaty. <laughs> when uh, Arden makes his way back to the inn. Vim is uh, looking after her pupil with some sort of expression, and Jarrell is probably almost done with Mina's hair. Yeah. Arden will go over to Vim and say, You're able to change your appearance substantially, right? Without, like, in a tone of voice where hopefully people, even a little bit of ways, can't particularly overhear. Oh, um, why, yes, I am. I, I showed you a, a few nights ago. Is there something you had in mind? Yes, um, come and join me at the Dancing Mannequin so you can help me purchase some things as somebody who is decidedly not you. Bim's eyes light up. I would love nothing more than to help you strike up a good deal. Why don't you... Give me a moment to change out of my sleeping pajamas, and I can join you at uh, the festival. But first, I do need to make sure that it won't overlap with Cyrus's contest. I 
I very much want to watch him win. Hopefully it won't take too terribly long. Bim nods and then I think escapes into her house to change. So while there's that little break, Mina, during one of these silences, is like, uh, uh, Terrell, do you mind if I ask you a question? Oh, yes, of course. So, um, I guess there is no non-awkward way to put this. Where, where are you all in, uh, the things you were asking me about a few days ago? Terrell sighs a little. Uh, well, let's see. I would say about neck deep. Oh, that does not sound good. I think, I hope it will all work out in the end. Um, we're pursuing a few different lines of inquiry and, uh, have spoken a little bit to a few people about ways we might proceed. And <laughs> Darrell is kind of trying to avoid giving any specific specifics. I... I know this is very important to you, and I think as soon as we have anything concrete, we'll certainly want to apprise you of the situation. I think at this point, mm, I think you were right in your warnings, um, and so I think we're a little concerned about speaking too much openly. She sighs, says, I am not sure if I am surprised or not, and what that would mean. Um, I am unfortunately not surprised that you seem to agree with my suspicions, and that is deeply troubling to me. You and me both, my dear. But uh, I have confidence that this will work out. Well, we could do with a bit of confidence, so any good thoughts you can send our way will be appreciated. I will say all the prayers. Oh, thank you. <laughs> On the not really related note uh, regarding sort of all that's going on in the city right now there's hmm, you know we're from out of town it, this is all sort of new to us it, it would it be correct to say there's a bit of a, a turf war of sorts going on yes i think that would be an apt word to put with it though i'm not sure if any one person is keeping track of the turf as you say. And maybe, and more specifically interested to know if we've been, uh, you know, talking around, and I think we've gotten perspectives of people who are maybe um, at the top of, of, of the, the food chain in this whole situation, but I'm very, I suppose, curious to know what the perspective is of the, the general populace. Is this a fairly divisive matter, or is there any sort of consensus among the citizenry of, of Mithrin? The thrust of what Jarell is asking is, with this whole bit with the Faceless and the Guard, is there any kind of consensus among the general population, or is it, it, it's sort of a really controversial thing? Mina is uh, quiet for just a moment, and uh, you could see just from, like, you know, looking around from the back that she's kind of deep in that she's deep in thought and she says see faceless did not win nor lose friends by getting rid of gregor um gregor was not terribly well liked among anyone in the city uh but Aside from 
that even though killing him seems like it should have soured any public opinion against the faceless, I think the faceless are giving too many people money at this point that they can essentially act, do whatever they want. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that's you done, my dear. Oh, thank you. What does Mina's hair look like now? Holy shit, I don't know. Um, it's probably just like very elaborate plaiting for the most part. Um, maybe lots of smaller braids kind of collected then into larger braids. I think when you first described her, she kind of has these symmetrical hair loopies. So maybe some kind of symmetrical French pigtail kind of business going on with, you know, maybe some ribbon woven in and a couple of gold pins with birds on them. Mina, Jorel would have a mirror out here. I uh, think. I was kind of picturing what it is, is they have some one of the sort of roll-up things that you can kind of stick pins and combs in, and yeah, maybe there's like a really small hand mirror in there or something like that. Yeah, so Mina looks at her reflection in the mirror, and her face just kind of lights up and says, oh, This is delightful, Jorel. Thank you so much. Anytime. I will hopefully see you throughout the day, and... Later, uh, I will leave you for to uh, whatever it is you are up to today. Sounds great. Have a great day, Mina. You too. And she walks off, uh, leaving Jarrell and Vim and Arden to head where they might. Vim emerges looking fabulous. She takes her time getting out of her jammies and uh, moving into a brightly colored and patterned set of harem pants and sandals. She's wearing a like off-shoulder loose and breezy sort of top and she's got some like ribbons and she's wearing extra bracelets and bangles on her so she looks totally ready and decked out for the festival. And as she comes out, she goes, Oh, wait, hold on. That's right. One moment, please. Bim reaches for her magic, uh, puts it on, thinks for a moment. Bim, in her current look, could easily fit into the festival crowd. Nice, but not too nice. She looks like another vendor or merchant. All right. Well, Arden is going to turn to Vim and Jarrell since they're both there and say, well, as it so happens, I heard a rumor that if people do notice a group going around and say, breaking into any homes tonight, they will be a group of people wearing fairly extravagant masks that happen to be purchased from the dancing mannequin today by somebody who no one's ever seen about town before. Jarrell grins. Well, Arden, I rather like this scambit. Indeed, it seems better than going in as ourselves or in whatever we intend to wear to the masquerade itself. Seems like we have quite a bit of shopping to do. We do. I myself need something nicer than 
he glances down at himself. He's wearing his regular, like, around town clothes right now. Something nicer than this to wear. But I will leave the mask purchasing to you. Darrell claps their hands together, like, almost gleefully when Arden says he's going to go clothes shopping. (laughs) So, (laughs) smash cut, do the dancing mannequin to a trying on clothes montage (laughs) in which uh, there are uh, one of the tieflings is like taking measurements and then pulling out different jackets and pants and shirts and just everything has ruffles and it's bright colors and all of that. Uh, You can basically get anything you want here. The dancing mannequin has set it up such that they've got like basic pieces already made up and the details just need to be added. So what outfits do y'all end up with? Oh, if you got a black mask with rhinestone embellishments, then I think he's probably going to get like a white suit with a dark like silver threaded tie yes <laughs> um you know and and the lining on the suit in general is going to be like silver silver threaded it's all very contrasting it's recognizable it is definitely an arden in a white suit but with a black sub theme to it the tiefling that's helping you says and i have just the thing to go with that and he hands you a top hat yes i had forgotten about the top hat it is an absolute necessity don't worry i got you (laughs) arden will say something similar he says yes i had forgotten about the hat it ties all of this together quite nicely the uh, tiefling claps his hands together and says we're so happy to provide exactly what our customers want and uh similar the helpers are going on with Jarrell, are you buying anything new oh hell yes Jarrell is loving every second of this Excellent. So Jarrell has like a tiefling and like some other human that's been contracted to help with this booth and they are just running back and forth adding different like lace liners to the outfit that you've got and they're bringing like different buttons that they can sew on real quick and different like fabric options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... They're golden heel. They're going to stick to their brand, you know? It's all gold. It's like all golden colored. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and I, I would say that normally uh, Jarrell dresses like fairly androgynously, but like vague androgynous. Uh, but they're kind of going for a, for a formal affair. They're going to be like maybe more aggressively androgynous. So less like this could be like a very feminine or a masculine outfit instead being like there are very like like maybe parts of the outfit are ex- pretty clearly masculine but the coat is almost like a dress and also Jarrell has bright golden shoes fuck yes Jarrell's so happy 
This is the best time they've had in Mithrin since they got here. The, the tiefling that's helping you, it steps back, nods, and their tail switches back and forth, and they smile, and they turn Jarell to face Arden in his get in his outfit, and says, what do you think? Arden, you look fantastic! They're kind of, they're kind of walking around him to get the full view of the outfit. <laughs> I hope so. I intend to look fantastic when it is time for this masquerade. Anything less is unacceptable. So I think in the background of Jarrell and Arden shopping for their actual masquerade clothes, we see fake Vim floating through various different booths, kind of in the same area, but never quite at the same booth at the same time, kind of doing the same thing, working the vendors... Picking up a hat here, a jacket here, a pair of pants here, and just really being reckless with money in a way that he only knows how to be. Was it also that uh, Vim was going to buy, like, full face masks for the actual heist? As... Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think so, right, Erdin? I think that was my impression. Yes. Yep. Definitely you know, custom-made, recognizable, really flamboyant face masks. Like, if somebody saw these, they would never mistake them for for any other mask. So a couple booths over, uh, you find someone who clearly at one point in their life had a fixation on birds because all of their masks have feathers and the booth is not as frequented as the others because they are all awful and gaudy but they do all have beaks on them we see fake vim kind of you know saunter up taking a very different sort of stance as she usually would these look rather pleasing. I I do believe I need to buy the, what would they say, gaudiest set you have? So Dan, you're a fancy noble who's trying to hawk these horrible masks that you clearly have no talent in making. Wait, am I with these people? Your chance! I think you're being offered a chance to use your ghastly voice. I I offer you a chance to do a really awful voice. Sure. So I'm a noble trying to sell masks to these schmucks? Yep. Okay. These masks are pristine. I will not take anything less than five silver apiece. I do believe that... Hmm. She picks one up and rolls it in her hands. I do believe that... Five silver for a pair would be a much better deal. Were you raised in a barn? (laughs) Hmm. Well, I suppose that five silver might be more than I am willing to pay for any of them. And she starts to kind of play the walking away. Like, I'm not going to buy these, even though she's clearly digging them. Oh, what a fucking pro move. Hold on, hold on. Listen, I can see you drive a hard bargain. Considering it is the festival, how about four silver apiece? Hmm. I'm losing my shirt on this. 
I will take that deal, but also, well, rather, if only I get the shirt on your back as well. <laughs> I love them. Son of a bitch. <clears throat> <laughs> My... My grandmama made me this shirt. I do not think so. But I could give you... And he turns around. Uh, this, like, pans and pots and shit flying everywhere. I could give you this. And it is a... A handkerchief with silver embroidered lace all around it. It looks like something that no person should ever blow their nose into because it has like gold stitching and silver stitching. It's a pretty damn good handkerchief. She raises an eyebrow. Hmm. I do believe this is sweetening the pot for me, but I really do want that shirt your grandmother made. It has that mm, grandma love and stitching. You're gonna have to like roll a persuasion check for me to get rid of my grandma's shirt. I think, yeah, I think the roll of persuasion. Okay. And Dan, think of a DC. Uh, I've got a, a DC in mind that seems fair. Uh, so she does get a 19. Uh, you fucking oh. rock my DC, so. <laughs> Bim was built to lie and steal. Alright, well, I. Listen. I only get a couple chances a year to make coin, and this is one of them, so fine. And I turn around, no peeking, and I turn around and I unbutton my my fancy, fancy man shirt with frills and, and, uh, God, how do you describe a shirt? It's like a pirate shirt. It's got, like, little poofs It's like everywhere. the Jerry Seinfeld yeah, pirate shirt. Yeah, it's the Jerry Seinfeld pirate shirt. So I unbutton it, I take it off, and I am definitely wearing a girdle underneath. And What is it with men in this town and losing their shirts to our party? <laughs> so you see, you see uh, a shirtless man with a girdle on, and he gives you his Jerry Seinfeld pirate shirt. And it's like, take it and go. Well, and I'm covering up my nipples with my fingers. Tim <laughs> like does like a... Hmm. You just hang a bird mask on those. Why? <laughs> you have uh, you have no idea how perfect this is for what I'm going to use it for. And she lays the gold on the table, flips him a silver as tip, mm. and then walks away from the booth with four masks and a shirt made with love by Grandma. <laughs> Grandma. <laughs> And then she just keeps floating through other booths nearby, picking up random pieces. Other things that are really gaudy, she gets like shawls also covered in feathers. And I think she finds a, a smock, like a fancy like plaid smock she thinks Cyrus might like. And just a bunch of other clothes and really spends a reckless amount of money and her thought is I'm just gonna make sure none of this can ever get tied back to anyone I'm just the reckless secret shopper <laughs> I love it and about the time that uh, Vim the secret shopper comes back to the the booth where Arden and Jarrell are being decked out uh, Vim just has like two armfuls full of packages. Oh, she buys and... a big purse from somewhere. 
like a real big sequined purse and this it's like an excuse like she's always wanted one as regular bib but this is now she finally gets it <laughs> so Vim comes back to the the booth just arms full purse full and Arden and Jarrell are having their clothes packed up for them and y'all meet back up I guess unless you're meeting in secret I think Vim shoots a quick furtive glance at Jarrell and Arden, a sort of, you see this, I've got what we need to do. And then she just sort of slips off into the crowd. Her plan is to stash the clothing in another spot so that they can get to it and dress and do their costume change later. Yep, makes sense. As Arden and Jarrell are paying and such, you hear um, an announcement via thaumaturgy, presumably, that the tournament will begin in approximately 15 minutes. Come to the barracks and watch your guardsmen battle it out for victory. Fuck shit up. Thank you for listening to this episode of Little Realms. If you like the show and want to stay up to date, make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. You can also find us on social media, on Twitter, PodRealms. We also have a website, www.littlerealms.com. May your journey be successful, and we'll see you next time. The wonderful music you hear on Little Realms is possible due to royalty-free music and content creators, such as tabletopaudio.com, freesounds.org, and Kevin MacLeod, creator of Incomputech.com. Royalty-free music licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution License 3.0. I want I want these Arden facts. Did Arden go to culinary school? <laughs> no. Eldritch. In the Feywild. <laughs> Eldritch, Eldritch, yeah, cafe. Seely cafe. Oh Eldritch cafe. Yes, Arden. Arden will eventually open up a a restaurant, the Eldritch the Cafe food court. And Diner. That's, that's the spinoff series. The Sealy Food Court. Yeah, I get it. Yes, uh, I, I get it, and it is awesome. Oh man. <laughs>